Campbell Graham here from the Bunnies. You're listening to the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel, joined by two former Rabbitohs: Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, what's doing, boys? How are we all? I'm good, mate. You're back. Yeah, big big mission back to get back from uh, up there at Early Beach, Hamilton Island. What did we get? A golf buggy to the ferry, and then a bus, aeroplane, a taxi, boys. It was a big day. Planes, trains, and golf or- carts. <laughs> Mobiles. I was going to say automobiles. But yeah. you had it. Uh, it's a big, it's a big uh, golf cart island. Yeah, had a good time up there. Plenty of beers and plenty of snorkeling and just relaxing. Hamilton Island's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, what a good spot. And you got out to the Barrier Reef as well? Got out to the Barrier Reef. Uh, did a bit of snorkeling out there. And the kids are... I've got an eight-year-old. She's always a bit scared of snorkeling and all that. She got stuck right into it, little Samara. But um, How is the reef? Because there was reports a couple of years ago that it was starting to dwindle away, but still a lot of fish out there. Oh, heaps of fish out there. Yeah, yeah, non-stop. Millions and millions of them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Beautiful place. If you get a chance, make sure you book with What If. It's Aussie for travel. What about the game, chaps, up there? Did you get to watch a game up there uh, against Parramatta? I did. We we just landed there at Proserpine and we ripped around to uh, Early Beach Hotel and I got to watch the Rabbitohs. I thought they were impressive from the outset. Uh, the contact was aggressive in defence, and that's what we had to do, get our defence right, and, and it was all built off the back of that. And I thought it started with Mark Nichols. I know he was knocked out after 10 or 12 minutes, but that was... How many games do you reckon he started in his 95-game career, boys? Mark Nichols, well, geez, I'd say it'd be in... Oh, Single figures? Le- less than 10? Well, he's only started two. That was one of them. Wow. The other one was uh, round one, 2018, if you remember. Sue Bob was the coach over there in Perth against the Warriors and a loss there. Other than that, he's come off the bench in uh, 93 out of his 95 games. But I thought he was, I thought he was outstanding, set the tone. Uh, unfortunately, he was knocked out. Hopefully, he's available uh, against mm. the Knights this week, boys. He just does his job. One of them old school front rowers, no matter where you're playing, if he starts or comes off the bench, he just does the job. And it suited um, Big Tommy coming on. I thought he was aggressive. All his carries had purpose in them. He bent the line back, and that's what we need, especially when we're... There was one particular one where we end up have a... I think it was we went upstairs for a decision when they thought Gay Guy might have got caught in, so, in goal or he got knocked on, and Tommy was first hit up, tackle one, and he pushed him out of the 12-metre line from, from right on the goal line. Yeah, we spoke about Tommy in the recap after the game, and, yeah, look, we thought he was outstanding as well, chaps. So you're back from Queensland. We're locking down the borders. It's Origin 1 on Wednesday night, and we might have a little chat about that in NRL News 
a little bit later. We've got eight Rabbitohs involved. Five for us if Keon gets a start or Campbell Graham. And three for the Queenslanders. Three for those Marans that have broken our hearts so many times. What's on the show, chaps? Okay. We're going to recap that triple header out there at Ironmark High Performance Centre yesterday. We also chat to South Sydney historian Brad Ryder. And our Remembering a Rabbitoh segment this week is Blake Butcher from that late 80s, early 90s. And we also preview a big clash against the Newcastle Knights, 5.30, Saturday, the 12th of June, out there at Stadium Australia, Bush. Our YouTube channel, Rabbitohs TV, We've been asking people to subscribe, and we're asking you again now. We need 1,000 subscribers, and we went past 500 the other day. We've now got 504 as we speak now. And we did our first Rabbitoh Street Talk on Friday at Mascot and Botany Shops, Brownie, and that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It definitely was. A spur-of-the-moment thing. We thought we'd go down there and ask the, the people on the street about origin and the players that we just mentioned. We've got five in the Blues and three in the Maroons, and we thought we'd get their thoughts how those players would go in the Origin Arena. And it was incredible. Once we set up, first guy that comes along, Craig Chicker Downs, good mate of ours. He loved it. He stayed on for another half an hour, followed us around. Next guy, Con Paris, who we work with. Then World Amateur Surfing Champion, Mark Guberscott, comes up. Then we set up in Botany. What about the great man, Rugger? Troy Ruggles. Troy Ruggles. And now we're all going to... Hong Ha. Going to Hong Ha. Everyone goes to Hong Ha. Yeah. So if you want to find people, identities in the community, just hang at Hong Ha at lunchtime. The Benji Marshall five rolls specialty. Yep. But then also in Botany, we set up Aaron Gray, former Rabbitoh, played with Sam Burgess, GI, some of the greats. Sada. Sada. The Huntsman then lobs. Paul McNicholas. And he was good. So we didn't set up any of that. And just all of these people came along. But also some of the just random people that came gave us some good stories too, Brownie. They did, and it was a great day had by all, and there's going to be plenty more of that. So as you listen to us, you can scroll down to the episode webpage. There'll be a few of our YouTube videos there. Just click on that. You'll see Rabbitohs TV, Rabbitohs Radio up the bottom. Click subscribe. And just quickly, on our TikTok, we had a video go viral with two young police ladies. 250,000 views it's had, a quarter of a million. And that was when we were doing street talk with Norman Koshinek talking about cricket. And they just got out of the police car and I filmed them and we asked them if they wanted to talk about cricket. They said no. They want to talk about rugby league. They said no. Mm-hmm. I said, well, would you want to talk about the law? She said no. <laughs> and then she smiled and walked off. So it was just that little little encounter. And So basically you got completely brushed off two young police officers and it's, it's hit 250. Yeah. Maybe that's the key. We, yeah. We're looking for people to say no to everything we ask. Yeah. There you go. We had a lot of fun, but there was one thing missing, and that was our host, Grant Chappell. Yes. Mate, you are absolutely born for this Rabbitohs TV street talk, and we can't wait to get you on the streets to talk to the punters about whatever topic is in the news at the moment. Forget about Bo Ryan. We've got Grant Chappell. And oh. you can look forward well, let's to Let's not that. talk me up yet. I haven't done anything yet. So. <laughs> oh, we're no, confident we in we your know, ability, mate. mate. We know. So make sure you keep an eye out around the streets, Rabbitohs TV Street Talk. We might just find you getting some lunch somewhere or down at the beach or at footy training. We'll be popping up everywhere from now on. You know what I can't wait, boys? When we're playing the Evil Empire and we head up to Bondi Junction. Yes. And you know what? We'll do that, trying to look for Rooster supporters. We'll probably see about one or two. Maybe two. The rest will be South supporters anyway. (laughs) 
This is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs home away from home. The place to play while the bunnies are away. And the big news this week, and it coincided with our guest last week, Lachlan Ilias. And you weren't here for that, chaps. And did you listen to that, I chap? listened to that up on the island there, mate. It was a great interview, and I thought he was a very humble young man, and I look forward to his development over the next couple of years, along with the other guys that have just signed up. Yeah, he's a top bloke, mate, Lachlan. He gave us his time on a Sunday morning mm. after a game, drove all the way from Five Dock, where he lives. And, yeah, it was a great interview. I seen him yesterday and thanked him again. And it couldn't have worked out any better. Our guest on the show gets re-signed by the club and he's in the headlines along with Blake Taff, Peter Mamazellis, Davey Mawali, Terrell Kalo-Kalo and Josiah Carapani, who most of which were in action yesterday at the Pathways triple header, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But it is great news and I interviewed Blake and his dad, Daz, and he's very proud and you're close to the family there, chaps. Yeah, I grew up with the cousin, Bo, and obviously a lot of parties with Uncle Uncle Brad and, and his father, Darren, over the years. Um, they're, they're a great family. Grandfather, Bobby, they're just rugby league mad, and, and I don't think it'll be too far away before we see Blake Taboo possibly against the Broncos in a couple of weeks when we have our origin stars out. There's a little bit of talk amongst the family. They're all going to fly up, I think, and we don't want to go off too early, but yeah, mm. look forward to that and see, see how it pans out. The future looks bright for the mighty Rabbitohs when you've got young kids like that signing for, you know, long term, especially uh, at a young age. We're going to watch these kids come through the pathway system and, you know, before you know it, they'll be all playing in the top grade. I think the first one to make that transition might be Davey Mowali. Jeez, he's a boost. Mm. Every time he runs the ball, he's special. And, and just on Peter Mamazellis, a couple of things. First of all, they signed him for an extra year. That's how much of a rap they've got on this kid. 2024 he signed till. Well, they might have got him on a good deal. But also, Lachlan Ilias talked about him last week and he called him Peter Mamazellis. And I've been calling him Peter Mamazellis. Mm. So if you're listening, mate, apologies for that. We like to get things right here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. So there it is. And you'll be seeing more of him, a young gun hooker. Hats off to the media team. Not only did they release the signing of six young stars of the future, but they had videos attached to them. Not a lot of the other teams do that. Mm. So that's sort of getting up there with the NFL-style media. The teams do. You release a bit of video footage with a college kid coming through. I thought that was fantastic. Well done, guys. And incredibly, I was standing there filming yesterday, and Lockie Ilias put up a bomb, which was regathered by Ben Lovett, another good young gun forward, who passed it to Josiah Carapani, who put on some mad footwork, passed it to Latham Hutchison-Walters, who scored right in front of me with a little dive, and... If you want to have a look at that, it's on the episode webpage now. So you got to see one of our new signings do his little thing. It was a magic little bit of footy that he did. He's off the left foot. Great pass to set up a try. Righto, boys. Talking about the pathways, let's do Spotlight on the Pathways. Brought to you by What If? It's Aussie for Travel. Yes, so it was your debut on the microphone, Brownie, because the great Jeremy Monaghan, it's bye week for Sass. Good on him. He had the week off and they handed the reins to us. And you did a good job up there, Brownie. You announced, the, and with the help of Bronte Fulton, who is also an emerging talent behind the mic. Yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity for us all to be down there and uh, on debut for ground announcing. A big thanks, like you said, to, to Bronte and Lex for giving us the opportunity. And I was a little bit nerve-wracking at first. How'd you I go mean, with those little tongue twisters, all the 
tough names like City Mothadraki and, and the likes. Oh, mate. I, um, Who's I, that? <laughs> City Mothadraki, the goal kicker for the... The um, Dragons. Yeah. St. George, Illawarra the Dragons. The knock Cup. Yeah, yeah I've got his name right. But, yeah, look, it's uh, credit goes out to Jeremy. He's been doing it for a long time. And to all the rugby league commentators with some of the names that play the game today, they are a tongue twister. And, you know, it was uh, exciting. Had a good day and really enjoyed it. And uh, a big thank you to the South Sydney Rabbitohs for allowing us to do that. And I'm sure, you know, we'll put our hand up again if the opportunity arises. Fantastic job there, boys. Now, it started off with the Jersey Fleet. We played St. George. And we are out to a 16-0 lead with four tries and no goals, Brownie. And uh, got our pants pulled down, 18-16 on the bell, mate. Talk us through that. We did. We are in control. I spoke to Joe O'Callaghan at halftime in the New South Wales Cup game. And... He said the same. Look, uh, it's unfortunate, but we've got to get things right at the back end of the game. And, you know, you can't play for 65 minutes. And that's what we did. Like you said, chaps, we, we led 18-6 with about five minutes to go. And they they come home and scored a couple of tries. Goal kicking let us down. We scored more tries than the opposition. Four tries to three. We missed every goal. Admittedly, they were all from the sideline. Mm-hmm. Lathan Hutchison Walters missed three of them, and then the man we we're talking about just before Lockie Ilias had that last attempt and and missed it as well. Only shaved the, the left hand upright, but unfortunately, goal kicking is a big part of today's game. It was yeah. ironic that we were actually talking about that very role last week, and that Lathan has been kicking him from everywhere. So he had a yeah. bit of an off day, and I was standing there filming him for one. I hope I didn't put any pressure on him, but he missed it and he he dropped the an expletive there. He was disappointed in himself, but they did take the foot off the gas. So you can take a bit of credit for the loss? I can. Moment. <laughs> I put a bit of pressure on the young Put him off, but uh, he did thank me for filming that try of him and I put a screenshot up of it and, uh, yeah, so it was, I got some good stuff of him and some bad, but I didn't share the missed goals anyway, but... Well, it was disappointing because the Dragons were a top two team. They were running second on the ladder and mm. we were running sixth. That win would have put us into the top four. So, look, it's a learning curve for the boys. It's on again next week. It's a long season. But I think we'd won four in a row up until that game. Yeah, we'll, we'll come home with a wet side. We'll be right up there in that top four when it's all said and done at the end of the year. Now, the next one, the knock-on effect cup, was the game straight after it. And it looks like we swapped leads there early in the game a couple of times, but went down 40-18 to 18 to a to a dragon side there, mate. Yeah, once again, we we're in the arm wrestle at halftime. We we're definitely in the game. And straight after halftime, the Dragons came out and put on four quick tries. I think they scored four tries within an 18-minute period and just blew the game away. And, yeah, look, we had some strong performers. We had a lot of boys with NRL experience come back and play. Josh Mantle was there. Liam Knight, I thought, performed quite well. Jed Cartwright who was knocked out in the first 15 minutes, so he didn't take no further part. Mm. But, yeah, look, it's um, disappointing. But uh, the Dragons, you know, we, that's probably a team that we should have beat. And I spoke to Liam Knight as he was entering the ground, and he, you could hear the disappointment in his voice. But he said, you know, it's hard to get dropped, but I'm just going to take it on the chin and try and fight my way back in there. And also, it must be hard for you, Brownie, calling a game and you're getting 40 put on your team so you know yeah the tone in your voice certainly changes especially 
when you have to read out the Dragons try scorers every five minutes. But uh, look, it was great fun, and uh, like I said, uh, hopefully the opportunity comes again. But yeah, not not a good result for the boys and the women's team. We had a great win. Yeah, the Harvey Norman women's premiership team there, the Rabbitohs, and we spoke about them on the show. They've been putting effort in all season. Defensively, they've been sort of getting better and better every week. The points weren't coming, and all of a sudden they've turned up and knocked off Cabramatta 68-4, to Brownie. Uh, what a performance by our girls. It was. Uh, Mavo had to go to work, so he wasn't there for the whole day, and I had to do Mavo's job with the paparazzi side of things and do the filming and take some photos. And lucky I was on the job because we scored after about a minute. Mm. I was right in position to film that try, and... Two minutes later, we scored again. So we got off to a really good start with the girls and they continued it on to go on and win convincingly. And yeah. it, it was good for the girls because they've been trying hard week in, week out. And they've had now they've had a couple of wins and you know hopefully they take some confidence out of that. Yeah, so I appointed you as our videographer and you did a good job and you got the first try and that's on the episode webpage now if you want to go down and see our star halfback scoring that try couple of rookie errors as well mm. because I was sending you the videos that I'd just taken and I missed a couple of other tries which were great tries and they happened right in front of me. Well, that's it, mate. It's a learning experience. I'll, I'll mentor you through the, <laughs> the role and, um, yeah, it, it, you'll, you'll get there. But it was a good performance by the girls. Ellie Johnson, you got a good try from her on the edge there. She's hard to stop once she gets in the in the clear. Rep level player too, so yep. um, she's one to keep an eye. What about the halfback? Uh, she scored a try. In that opening minute, end up scoring another one later in the game. And she's one we recruited from the GWS Giants in the AFL. So she's a she must be some athlete. And her name? Hanine's um, Rika. She's uh she's so quick. I think she's played centre, fullback. They found her in the halfback position this week. Um, she's just a, a girl you can put anywhere. She's a footballer. Yeah, she was very light on her feet, from mm. what I noticed. And that try that she scored, yeah, was outstanding. Showed a lot of a lot of explosive speed to get to the ball, but. They really enjoyed it too, the girls, and really well-deserved. And just before we move on, I interviewed none other than Jason Demetrio on the field at halftime with the flick. Had a chat to him about what he was doing there, and he said, yes, I'm looking over the teams, and I asked him what it's going to be like to coach the South Sydney Rabbitohs next year, and he's put a smile on his face, and so that's something to look forward to. Great guy, JD, and he's been on the podcast before, and it's going to be good to have good access to the boss of this club going forward. Yeah, he's a top fellow. Always gives you his time when you see him. And he's doing the hard yards now by watching the pathways come through. And, you know, he's just making sure that they're all enjoying their footy, like he said, on the field, Mavo. And also I went into the office with Jan Earl and her assistant, Lani. And Jan Earl, there was a story about her during the week that she got Darius Boyd to contact Brock Gardner, one of our young gun players, because... He had the same injury, the same Achilles injury. And Brock Gardner said, I couldn't believe it. Darius has just rang me. I didn't know the guy. And he's rang up and talked me through how to recover from this injury and how he did, and he got back quicker than he thought. So I'm going to spend a day with Jan next month going through the pathways and what they do. And she really wants us to get involved and tell the stories of these young players in the pathways. And I actually did that. I went in the dressing room and I spoke to... Kendall Fay, and I spoke to Zane Borgerak or Bajorak. Darcy Hardman had Darcy a great Hardman. story. Yes, and also Talis Duncan. 
And that was just a few. And they're all keen, the boys. And it's great to do that. And I'm really enjoying that. I'm sure you will enjoy hearing their stories. Well, they're the future stars of this great club. Mm. It'll be great to hear from all them young boys coming through. And like Jan said in one of the interviews we did with her, she wants to find out what the young boys think of the club and what the club is doing for them, development-wise. And what I was encouraging to hear Jan say, that it's not just the Pathways program she looks after. It's the whole South Sydney Rabbitohs club, including the first grade, the wives, the former players, Brownie. So if ever we're in the fetal position after a big weekend, (laughs) then we can call Jan and she's someone we can talk to in full confidence. After a night shift, like I am today. You can get a bit fragile after a night shift. I know I can. But the beauty about it all, boys, we're connecting the Rabbitohs community and all these players and even the wives have got a story to tell. Imagine getting, you know, one of the players' wives on and see where their journey and what it's like. What it's like to be, you know, the wife of a professional NRL player. And a quick one before we brush over all that. He gets a bum rap in the media, has for years. Darius Boyd is a champion bloke. He's dealt with um, a lot of mental illness over the years, Mm. had depression and whatnot, and what a player he was. I think the media give him a fair bit of crap just because he he wasn't wasn't good with the media. Not Mm. everyone can be good with the media. So thanks for that, Darius, for reaching out to one of our young stars who was doing it tough by the sounds of it. Well, he's learned off the best in regards to the media. Our very own Wayne Bennett. Oh yeah, Wayne Bennett. It was like a it was like a father to well, Darius Boyd. He plays him off a break every week, Wayne, including myself. <laughs> no, he gives you a lot of time, chaps. He's the only one because we are the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We might chuff off to a break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got South Sydney historian and also a bloke who's chipped in and helped us out significantly with the segment Remembering a Rabbitoh. Brad Ryder, welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. What an honour. And we've got him in studio too, so we're quite lucky. Thank you for that. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Well, as a kid, the Ryder family, my father's family, lived at 455 Anzac Parade, Kingsford. It's the on the corner of Aspley and Anzac Parade there's a little house in the semi a uh, little semi house which is painted blue on the corner there right opposite the church where my parents were married in 1952 and as it turned out on the show a while back it turned out that uh, you Steve Maven were also married in the same church I was indeed mate and you were christened Bradford Varley Ryder yes should, I think you should have been from Vaucluse with a name like that it's very posh sounds a bit posh well my father's name Kevin his name was Kevin Edward Varley Ryder K-E-V Kev you don't know many Varleys. That's uh, no. a, a, quite a unique name. No, I, I don't know why. I'm stuck with it. I was born with it, so I can't help it. I was born with it in 1954, a good year where uh, South Sydney won the comp that year, so it must have meant something. Oh, it was meant to be. It's a Varley good middle name, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. You could write a Harley and call yourself Varley. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, sorry, Let's we digress. Anyway, just, just Brad for short. But, yeah, I, I remember the uh, – actually, I'm modern. Born in 54, I remember the juniors being built. In the late 50s, I used to watch it being built there, and my father's brother, 
Barry Ryder was the third grade captain in 1949, and that's why basically I followed South Sydney and I started watching them in 1962. And uh, when my father took me to see South, I just got hooked. I just can't can't help it. My first game I saw was at uh, Brookville Oval actually, 1962. When uh, we played Manly, we lost 23 to 26, and uh, Michael Cleary got four tries and. He became one of my real favourite players. What, what a player he was, Cleary. Fast. Mm. He was a beauty. So did you play footy yourself as a young fella, mate? I didn't, actually. I played soccer, shock horror. But after soccer, I used to go um, to the SCG to watch the house with my father. And uh, see, My father watched Barry play and uh, that was before my time, though. But he never played first grade. He was locked forward. But he never played first. But as I said, the captain in 1949. So your journey started way back in 1962. That's a, that's a pretty good record to, to boast, Brad. Now, um, talk us through that late 60s as you watched that, that young side building as St George's great side started to taper off and we started to take over, mate. Well, I saw the team come together in 63 when uh, it was quite, quite unique, actually, because we got a whole lot of uh, junior players coming up like Paul Sate, Bob McCarthy, Coote, Eric Sims. At the same time, we got these blokes from the bush. I remember bringing down blokes like Jimmy Morgan, Bobby Moses, Elwyn Walters, and Lurch O'Neill. And they all, all blended into just a fantastic uh, team. And of uh, course, uh, St George won those comps 11 in a row up in 1966, but that was the unlimited tackle rule. And uh, in 1967, the four tackle rule came in, and that's when South took over the. Uh, became dominant and then 71 the six tackle rule and the one point field goal but uh, the team was uh, was a very strong side really really strong forwards and brilliant outside backs hey, Did you have a favourite player that you used to idolise? Yes the best player I saw play for South Sydney was Ron Coote I tell you what up until Greg Inglis Inglis is right up there but up until Inglis I'd say Ron Coote would be my favourite uh, the best player I, I saw play for South Sydney. And what did you like about him? Speed. His cover defence. Mm, what, a, what a great tackler. Uh, in fact, when I wrote Bob McCarthy's book, Bob McCarthy puts him in his top five of all time. Now, that must be something to th- consider. Well, I think he's unlucky not to be included as an immortal then, isn't he? With that sort of price. Oh, he should be. He should be an immortal. Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah. We're going to push hard for that here on Rabbitohs Radio. What, well, he win uh, nine grand finals? How many grand finals did you win? Yeah, I know. Four and was South. Seven, I think. And we've, yeah. we've said this, that South are underrepresented in the immortal category. You agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Ron Coote for sure. Who else could we put in there, Brad, being the South historian? Gee, Bob McCarthy was one of the best. He scored 100 tries for South. Hmm. McCarthy. Yeah, at least those two. Georgie Truwick, he'd have to be considered, mate. He was one of the real great forwards of the... Yeah, big era, mate. Second row forward. Mm. Just going back to Cootie, not only was he a great player, he's a champion fellow off the field as well. Oh, yeah, he, terrific bloke. Terrific bloke. And um, I was actually quite fortunate. Um, I got my life membership eight years ago and uh, Bob McCarthy was my nominator and Ron Coote was my seconder. Wow. And there you go. So <laughs> I can't... <laughs> it was a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good thing, wasn't it? That must have been a proud day that that happened for you. It was, mate. It was, yeah, it was. Same day as I got it, it was um, uh, Anthony Albanese and Scott Geddes on the same day. And uh, yeah, it was a very, very proud day for for me and the family. So, how did all of this South historian and South 
genius thing come about? Well, I always believe you have to be in the right place at the right time. My other uncle, Barry, my mother's brother, had a service station in Ultimo, the BP Wattle near Broadway. And Daryl Bampton was a uh, regular at Barry's service station. Number nine? Yes. At the time, he was South School Development Officer. And I was, in my real life, my former life, I was a mathematics computer teacher at various schools. And uh, I became friends with Daryl, and I used to tape record, do videos of highlight packages that Daryl would show the kids in the schools. And we became close friends through that. In the late 90s, about 1997, the historian Tommy Brock passed away suddenly, and there was a position vacant. And at the time, Daryl was the CEO, former first grade captain, as you will mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. And they wanted somebody to do it. Uh, Daryl recommended me to the board to do the, the historian role. I took I took a half a second to say yes. <laughs> I bet. I was actually thrilled to be even asked to do it, and I've been doing it ever since. Is it true, Brad, that lecturer Tom Brock left two hundred thousand dollars to South Sydney? It is true. It is true, indeed. He went, and they there's a Tom Brock bequest committee. Um, I'm not on the committee, but uh, I get invited each year to the Tom Brock annual lecture. I've been to 20 lectures. I've missed not one lecture of the Tom Brock lecture. And uh, there are various speakers over the years, like Roy Masters and Ian Heads and Tom Keneally, different varying lectures on rugby league topics. It's a really good, interesting thing. It wasn't on last year because of the COVID business, but hopefully it'll be back up and running this year. And um, obviously, he, as you said, he's left 200000 out of the club. How much are you going to leave, Brad? Do you know what, it, what the joint means to you? I don't know <laughs> yet. Um, it's got to be over two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just think about that one. <laughs> what you are going to leave is some books that you've written for the club and for generations forever. Talk us through those, mate. Well, the first one I wrote, I just took a punt on myself. I'd, I'd never wrote a book before, and I I discovered a talent I never knew that I even had. I just hand-wrote a few notes, and I self-published it. It was, it was called The Wear the Red and Green in July of '09. And uh, as I said, self-published, it became very popular. It was my life story with South since 1962. And uh, year by year, and I think it's a good story, it was become popular. So then a company called the New Holland Books got a hold of it. They liked what I did. And they offered me a contract to write the Bob McCarthy story called Macca, Bob McCarthy, My Life in Rugby League. Now, Bob McCarthy had been offered to do a book three, four times before, and he knocked it back all the time. When he found out it was me, he agreed to do it. Mm. And I got a contract to write that. Nice. Just on that, did you have to spend a lot of time with Bob? I know you would have had a lot of stats and, and clippings and newspaper articles yeah. around Bob, but did you have to spend many hours with Bob? A lot of hours, mate. By, by the six months was over, mate, he was sick of the sight of me. <laughs> Even now, I'm only just joking. Even down at Coogee Bay Road, now if he sees me, he goes the other way. <laughs> no, He's always there. I seen him there last week. But both both like, Coogee residents, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Brook Street. He's up in Hill Street. But, uh, gee, it was uh, really good, really good, uh, a thrill for me to do to write his book because we're one of my favourite players. And that's a good thing too. I was at high school when those guys were winning competitions. And they're, they're my heroes. I mean, my absolute heroes. And when I was a kid, I used to dream of even meeting them. And now to now know them personally as as friends, it's a real buzz, mate. I just can't believe my luck. Mm. 
And what about your latest book? Well, the latest book is we won the grand final six years ago, seven years this year. It's called The Rabbitohs Road to 21. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's a, yeah, it's it's a uh, that was self-published. And uh, and I've, hopefully we can win this year and I can write The Road to 22. Mm. What a day that was, Brad Ryder. I'm sure we all loved it. And you, after we all know, was a 43-year drought. And to finally break that drought, and you wrote a book about it, take us through it. Well, it was just, I actually put on the Facebook, I, I didn't, I had no idea what to call it. And someone had come up with the idea, I can't remember who it was, yeah, The Road to 21. I think it's good, isn't it? Mm. And my favourite chapter in there, it's a chapter called My Perfect Day, when I caught the bus from Coogee Beach up to the, up to the Rabbitohs boat, up the river, up the reserve seats, back to the boat about midnight. I thought the boat was going to sink. They must have sung glory, glory to South Sydney about... 20 times coming back on the boat. <laughs> the boat was rocking side to side. Chapter 7 it was. Uh, was page, it? My perfect page 84. day. It's all in there somewhere. Yep, there it is right there. My yeah, we'll perfect share, day. We'll and share a link to the, how you get hold of these books too on the episode webpage. It starts yeah. out, it was a day I will never forget. <laughs> never, never forget. I'm still, still getting over it. Well, that's like all of us here. <laughs> still get, and then, uh, anyway. My hairs are standing up as we speak. Then we caught a um, taxi with uh, Michael Curran, my, my partner in crime, my statistician extraordinaire, and back to the juniors where we had wristbands to get through the side door for the security into the team function. And there must have been 5,000 people outside going off their rockers. And about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, the team up on the stage, champagne everywhere. And I got home about 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I put on the, like, all by taxi, of course, uh, up for 1,000 beers, Put on uh, the South Sydney song five o'clock in the morning. Crack open my fifty-first tenny, and would you believe it? I fell asleep in the lounge, and the record was sort of going around, around, around. The <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, I and I said, "My God, I'm due at Reffin Oval at eleven o'clock for the fan day. How am I going to get there?" Mm. <laughs> so I got my nephew to pick me up and over to the fan day. What a what a week! It just went on and on and on. You remember the team bus on on the Thursday coming down Arden Street? Yep. Right up to the town hall. Yeah. The team. The team. Started the oh, journey mate. there. Went right around the tour of the Rabbitohs territory. Yeah, that was a great day and one we will all remember. Mate, you've had a number of roles with the club and one of them roles, you were a selector of the South Junior Centenary team. Did you pick that great side? Uh, along with Henry Morris, John Reardon, the late Rod Gorman. Yeah. Frank Cookson. Yeah. The reporter Ian Heads. Yeah. Tell us about... How hard that was to pick that team? It was hard. It was a process. I was honoured to be part of it, of course. And we started out with about, uh, would have been about 150 nominees. I think you might have got, I think you were about 150th in the... Maver? No, no, I'm not sure, actually. Wow. <laughs> he just pointed at Maver then. Well, <laughs> well, it's not about me, boys, but uh, tell me more. No, no, no. <laughs> it was just a process of... You sure uh, you weren't pointing uh, at me then? Oh, or? You, you, you might have been 147. <laughs> oh, there. Uh, I didn't say you were in, in there. All, all captains always go. So anyway, <laughs> it was a process of uh, elimination, and we finally got down to the thing, and we had a, actually had a big gala dinner that, at the race course to, um, to present the team, actually. Yeah. It was a real buzz, too. And also, you were part of bringing in the player numbering system with the great Arthur Hennessy, first yeah. Rabbitoh number one, yeah. through to myself, Rabbitoh 757, and... Double Darren, seven four, myself. Darren Brown, double seven four. Yeah. 
Okay, at the end of uh, 99, we got kicked out of the competition and I'd never watched one game in year 2000, 2001 for obvious reasons. No South Sydney, no rugby league. In fact, had we merged, I would have walked away. I, you know. Anyway, so I had nothing to, else to do. So that's why I started doing the, the playlist. Just, I wasn't watching football, so I had plenty of time to kill. So I kept. I started doing the playlist. Also, the all three grades plays list. We've got about 2,800 players now in all three grades. I just started doing that because I've got every uh, annual report in the club's history at home. That's my basic source of my information. So I do it season by season, sheet by sh- uh, player by player on different sheets, summarise it into the database. So that's when it all started in the year 2000, 2001. Uh, at the same time, I was helping the Group 14 organise the, the, the rallies for the uh, end of 99 rally and 2000 rally. I, was, I did a lot of work behind the scenes in the fight back. So that numbering system, was that one of the first clubs to do that? Because I know a lot of the clubs do that now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think I think we might have been the first. Actually, that's what my, my late father, Kevin, he, he always used to say that South do things first. And by the way, I'm a father, my father, Kevin. My father was a pretty well-known man on television. He was the producer and director of the Johnny O'Keefe show, Sing, Sing, Sing. Really? And uh, 962, uh, Johnny O'Keefe kicked off the South St George game at the Sydney Sports Ground. It was a day that uh, we led 5-0 against the mighty St George team because Eric Robinson scored a try under the posts. But the final score was St George 33, South Sydney 5 at the Sydney Sports Ground. J-O-K, eh? Yes, my, fa- my late father, Kevin Ryder. There's a name. So also our mate, Marco Sivis from the South Sydney Rabbitohs Almanac. He's got a website now with your numbering system used. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I, I like what Marco does. I think we all got different skills and different things, but he's pretty good. Yeah, I suppose all, only listening to last night's game where Jaden Campbell, the son of Preston Campbell, yep. and they said that he is Titan number one because he was the captain of the Titans when they came into the competition, which I'd, I'd say to copy your style. Mm. The captain's always number one. With Marco, though, that's the only place you can find the Rabbitohs numbering. I mean, you, you've got them on your database, but for the general public to now Google, say, our guest today, Blake Butcher... You wouldn't know that unless you went to the South Sydney Rabbitohs Almanac and find out that he's Rabbitohs 776. Yeah. Uh, on the Wikipedia, I've told you guys this before, the yeah. Wikipedia is incorrect. It's about, it's at least a dozen numbers wrong, the Wikipedia. So uh, yeah, go to me or Marco for, or, or Michael Curran. Well, correct. And I tried to edit that on Wikipedia because I can edit yeah. selected stuff there. So I fixed up mine and Brownie's number. Someone went back and put it back to the wrong number again. <laughs> so it, to actually go and do the whole thing, it's going to be a long process because it's not just changing the numbers. You've got to go and change all this text. And anyway, that's another story. But one day, Brad, me and you might try and sit down and sort this debacle out because people are Googling Rabbitohs players and going to Wikipedia, as people do, mm. getting the wrong information. Mm. Yeah, we're still finding players that... We, we've had a player called Darren Kay. I remember Darren. He, he's, we, we discovered he played one game, but we, yeah, we we're trying to work get a list done but I told Black Sully this at the club and he said it's a bit hard to change the numbers now because we've all given the, 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 the numbers out your badges you all got your badges now see yeah. so it's a bit hard to change that now yeah I actually played with Darren uh, he played for Mascot he yeah. was a Mascot junior and yeah. his dad was the coach of our team yeah. there you go and what it also does is some of the more obscure players that might have only played a couple of games like Paul Israel yeah. three games yeah. Gerald Simons a couple of games so it gives them that pride that they can say well yes I played first grade and this is the number of first grade player I was. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I'm quite proud of my number. And the SPAR 
South Players Association, they recently made some Rabbitohs pins, and they, they're very nice, Brownie, aren't they? They are, definitely. And that's with thanks to you, because we haven't mentioned this, you are part of the Spark Committee. Yes, I'm on committee. It's, uh, uh, we had a great function, what, about a month ago on the uh, excitement machines. Yes. Wasn't that a great day? Mm. Yeah, my goodness. And they're all there too, weren't they? All, all except for Nathan Merritt. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Whether he's shy or not, it, we, we offered to give him a hire car to pick him up and come mm. back, and he wouldn't come. Yeah. Mm. I don't know why, but they're all there. Terry Fay. Um, Phil Blake. Phil Blake. Yes. Um, Mitch Brennan. Mitch Brennan. Some of the players that we don't normally see at yeah. the spa yeah. events. Yeah. They were there, and it was a great day had by all. It was. And uh, a big credit to both yourself and Steve McDermott and Garlow. Yeah. And the girls behind the scene as well, yeah. Sophie. and So they all done a great job. And yeah. You touched on being on the Club 14 and the fight back. You were yeah. a part of that. Yeah. Take us through that time and how hurtful that was for fans like us and, and then how glorious it was to win that battle. To this day, I can't believe it. You know what? And I, I would never, ever forgive kicking South Sydney out of the competition. I, I followed them all my life, of course, as we're saying. But to have rugby league without South Sydney, in, in fact, the very day we were cut, I'm in the auditorium at South with my, my head in my hands or something. I looked up and there was this bright light. It was Channel 10 News. And they said... What do you think about the uh, South today? I said, mark my words, rugby league will die without South Sydney. Mark my words. It was on the leading leading uh, item on the Channel 10 news that night. Mm. I couldn't believe it. Good quote. George Piggins, mate. Tell us what he means to this club. Hero, one word. Hero. Be, be no, no South Sydney without George Piggins. I wrote that in the book. Yeah, well, I saw that. In, there's a chapter uh, into George Piggins, I think, in your, in your very first book. Yeah. Absolute hero. He had a lot of uh, help, but um, see, the guys you interviewed about a month ago, Martin and Jerry Lissing, those two and Steve McDermott, they're the ones that formed Group 14. They're the ones that got all the high-profile people together like Alan Jones, Nick Reiner, Andrew Denton, Don Lane. Mike Whitney. Mike Whitney. It goes on and on and on. And they're the ones that formed the Group 14. So George was the... um, Was Russell part of that group? You know what? Yeah, I, I think, know. He, I think, I think he, he was. He, he mm. probably was. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on Russell now, our owner of the club? One word, saviour. George Pig is one word, hero. Mm. Russell Crowe, one word, saviour. Great words. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. gladiator. That's another word. And gladiator. Yes. Mm. Mate, you, you've played a number of roles, uh, including the roles that we just spoke about. You've been an author of many great books. But you also assisted in a video, The History of South. Hosted yeah. by Graham McNeese. Yeah, that was that was taken at the Redfern Town Hall in um, middle of nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. The yeah, that was a good video. That one. Mm. The last year we played at Redfern Oval too. There it you was go. too. Yeah, correct. You had some good old footage on that, and I've actually shared that on my YouTube channel, and I'll share that on the episode webpage if you haven't had a look. It's not great quality, but some of the content in that documentary is all time, isn't it? Yeah, it's priceless stuff, really good stuff. But, gee, that's getting old now, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. We've got 34 years ago, aren't we now? Mm. Well, priceless as in, you spoke to Jack Rayner, one of the greats of the club, and we actually used some of that on when we featured him on our Remembering a Rabbitoh. And speaking of Remembering a Rabbitoh, so you help us with the stuff, so you like what we're doing with that segment? Oh, I love it, mate. 
I, I, I really enjoy doing it. I've, yeah, it's just uh, a really good thing for me to do. It um, it helps me with my work, and I, I enjoy helping you. So what we might do, Brad, is get you to record an intro for Remembering a Rabbit, because yeah. usually we say with thanks to Brad Ryder, but you can just say with thanks to you. All right. Whenever you're ready. And this is now my segment brought to you by me, Brad Ryder, called Remembering a Rabbito. A Rabbito player from the past, which uh, people hopefully will remember. There you go. That's good. That's That's different the way we do it, but there you go. Yeah. People can relate to that. It's it's basically players that have retired now and moved on, and Mm. we just sort of dig them up a little bit and have a little chat about them and whatnot. Well, I like the fact that you're helping us with that because it gives us credibility because people know that we are going to get the facts by a bloke who, from 1962 till now, that's 60 And the club historian. And the club historian. Just, so, just put a lifetime of um, work into the club yeah, and, 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 yeah. and everything about it, and it's fantastic. And also, if we get it wrong, somehow, which, you know, human error. We do on occasions. Brad will correct us because he listens yep. and he fact checks, and then we will get it right the next week and correct it. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. And um, look, South Sydney's not the only club you put a lot of time in. I know I've walked into the Legion Club at Coogee a few times and seen you there, perched up, having to be with a couple of mates. Uh, tell us about your love for the Legion Club as well, mate. Oh, I just love the place. It's a beautiful spot, isn't it? Over what a view. The, yeah. the beach there. And um, uh, speaking of the Legion Club, they the board's actually asked me to host uh, Rugby League Trivia on uh, Wednesday, July the 14th. Uh, the night of the third State of Origin game. I'll be co-hosting with Michael Curran at the Mighty Coogee Legion Club between 6.30 and 7.30. There'll be giveaways and prizes and things. Brad, tell us about the second bedroom at home, mate. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's by South's office. Um, Norman Kochenek came in last week. Now, you met, you met Norman Kochenek last week. I took him to the football last week up in the Churchill Club room where I go. And it's basically, it's my rabbit office. So I do all my house work from there, uh, from home. And I'll usually visit the junior's office, the football club office on a Thursday morning. I'll walk in there and I help help whoever wants to need help, either Jeremy Monaghan or uh, Shannon Donato or uh, the digital guys, if they need any historical help. So I'm only too pleased to do it. Hmm. Yeah, from the top four podcasts, Jez and Shannon, you've had a listen to that? Yeah, well, last week I picked them up on something. There was a little <laughs> bit of an argument between Hang Shannon. on, mate. I don't, I, we didn't release you for work on the other show. No, <laughs> no that's no. <laughs> we all good. We're, we're a team here, so that's good. No, they talked about the one-point field goal, and Shannon said it was 1971. Jeremy was adamant it was 1970, so I fixed it straight. It was 1971. Mm. And Jeremy Bonahan, he said at the end of it, he said, uh, Shannon, I, you were right, and Brad Ryder was right, and I should have asked Michael Curran. I did hear that. <laughs> yeah, that oh, one. They're having a little rib about you there, mate. It's a, it's a great podcast, that one. Yeah, the, the top four podcast. I love I love listening to that one every week. Yeah, Brad, you said you were at the game last week. Do you get to a lot of the home games? Yes, I get to all the home games, uh, except when they're home game up in Cairns or something like that. But uh, I've been I've been a Churchill Club sponsor for 12 years. My my books pay for my sponsorship, or will help pay the sponsorship anyway. The the, the Book sales, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a regular in the Churchill room. You guys have been there. Mm. And what's that involve the Churchill member? Well, anybody can go. It's um, it's uh, f- drinks and food and uh, good hospitality mm. for the game and all through the game. Always a special guest, one of the players. 
Yeah. Yes, but we usually go to retired, uh, uh, an injured or suspended player up on the stage. To, the Sean Garlic will interview, or sometimes Anthony Maroon. Yep. Uh, but uh, anybody can get the tickets for the casual tickets to the church or club. I think they're uh, 250 each or something. But, uh, you know, by the time you buy beers and food downstairs, it adds up anyway, and you best seats in the house, you meet good people. Mm. A great it, experience. It is worth doing that. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on the 2021 Rabbitohs? Brilliant. They they drift off in games. They don't. They seem to lose concentration of parts, but gee, when they're on, they're on. What about those bullet passes that Benji did to uh, Alex Johnston? He did it twice. He did it in Canberra, and he did it again at, um, where was the other one? Chaps, West Tiger, but yeah, there were to the left. Those bullet passes, to, mm, yeah. And, and I just love the way that Latrell chimes into the back line now with those over, over a basketball pass to Alex. Almost a netball pass, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. also, yeah, he's he's brilliant. The team is brilliant. They're quite capable of winning the comp this year, but they need to focus for the full eighty minutes. I hate to say, it, but I think Melbourne and Penrith are just above us at the moment. Mm. In fact, I, I rate Melbourne above Penrith. It might surprise you, but uh, I just think Melbourne are a bit, bit tougher. Uh, Defensively, they're strong. Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, even last night they're under the pump. And yeah, I I, uh, I put and Melbourne. Their defence end up winning the game yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, and South and Roosters be my top four. I, mm. I think Parramatta's little. I hope there's no Parramatta fans listening, but they're. Um, I don't think they're quite top four material myself. You just said we're not playing uh, for the full eighty minutes. So yeah. I think our coach has been down that road before and he knows when the time has to get it right and that's towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because there's been a lot of talk about Adam Reynolds leaving. It's a pity, but uh, we had to look to the future about that. We've got this kid called Lachlan Ilias coming up. There's some high hopes for him. Yeah, we had him on the show last week. He's a good, great young yes, kid. Yes, that's right. Did too. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're riding the road to 22 this year or in the next year or two. Well, what happens, mate, it'll be written again. Road to 22. I'm ready to write. In fact, I've been ready to write the last three years. We've, we've lost the same game three years run in a row. The, the What do you call it? The grand final qualifier. Preliminary. Yeah, we've yeah. got, we got to get over that hill, don't we, Brad? But I'm, I'm pretty sure we will this year. Don't worry about that now. We're all confident here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast yeah. that we'll go one game better. Yeah, there's... Two there's games of, better. Yeah, there's a lot of luck with injuries and suspensions. You, you know, you've got to have the right... Timing, yeah. I mean, well, you go yeah. back to last year, chaps, and we spoke about it on the show. Melbourne and Penrith were pretty much in, were pretty much injury free mm. for the last ten weeks of the competition, and you know they proved that by playing in the grand final. And we came up a little bit short with yeah. injuries uh, late in the season. You got to get it right at that pointy end of the season, mate. Now, um, Rabbito member, one hundred and forty, Brad Ryder. Yes, that's great. Yeah, thanks yeah. for joining us here. On Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. How good was that, boys? To get South Sydney historian Brad Ryder right here in studio, at the Botany Studios. Well, it just goes to show, I've said it before, that not all legends have to actually play for the club. He's a South legend, loves the club, and he's leaving a legacy of books and that player numbering system and a whole heap of other stuff. And he just loves talking about South, doesn't he, Brian? He does, mate. And a great fella. And uh, like you said, Mavo, he's done a lot of work for the club over many years. And we had so much to talk about. We didn't touch on that he's the midweek captain at Moorpark Golf Club. And I'll have to get... Well, maybe I'll get him on Mavo's golf blog to talk about that. 
and he mentioned his mate Norman Koshinek and we've been working with him Brownie and he's an interesting guy and we've all got an interest in the IPL I like the Kolkata Knight Riders Brownie your team is the Delhi Capitals and Chaps who do you like in that oh, I'm a Mumbai man mate yeah I like Rohit Sharma and the likes mate James Pattinson the yep. pace bowler from Victoria yep. he's in the lineup. he's not playing at the moment but... I, I know you like your curries too Chaps I'm, d- I'm dirty on a curry, yeah, big time, mate. <laughs> so you're a curry, you're not so much an Indian curry, or you are Indian curry, but also other types. Well, I like a Thai curry, but I also do the Indian curry as well. Mm. The mm. Rogan Josh, I love the Rogan Josh. See, they love you on the subcontinent, and I think we're going to do another cricket show with Norman because, like we've said, we want to expand into new areas and a bit of a cricket slash rugby league show right up our alley. So thank you to Brad for introducing us to the great Norman Koshinek. Eyes on cricket. And surfing won't be too far away from that either. Chaps Aussie surfing. Oh, yeah. And then I'll, I'll venture down horse racing and Mavo golf. So we've got an all-sports Rabbitohs TV here. That's oh, it. I can touch on it all, boys. Major League Baseball. Yes. NFL. Mm. Basketball. Wow. Ice hockey. Sky's the limit. What do you yeah. like? So subscribe to our Rabbitohs TV and you can watch a whole range of stuff plus Rabbitohs exclusive content. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Export Freight Systems. We support Aussie manufacturers. If you're thinking of selling, contact NG Farrah Real Estate and tell them Rabbitohs Radio sent you. We are proudly supported by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Join the Juniors Fitness Centre today for just $19.95 direct debit. Now it's time for Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, by yours truly, Brad Ryder. Blake Butcher, Rabbitoh player number 776, born on the 27th of May, 1969. Blake was a local junior, representing the La Perouse Panthers. Blake didn't start his football career till late in his teens. He didn't actually make the SG ball or the Harold Matt system. So, yeah, he played with La Perouse with his, probably people don't know this, but his first cousin, Sean Garlic. Okay. So, yeah, he come through that, that system late late in his uh, late in his career and then uh, made his uh, debut in the under-21s. Why was that, Brownie? Because I know you're good mates with Butch. Yeah, I'm not sure. He, he just, he was sort of like just went to school. He, he, he liked his surfing. He, he loved being down the beach. Um, yeah, so he didn't really take football serious un- until later later in his career. When was his first appearance in South Sydney grade, Brownie? You'd know. Yeah, well, look, he he made the under-21s back then it was. Uh, in 1988, we all came through that system together. Sean Garlic, uh, Scotty Wilson, uh, Charlie Saab, Manoa Thompson. We all came through that system together in 1988. And then uh, 1989, they had success in the under-21s when they won the competition. Well, it must have been a big year in 89, boys, because he made his debut round six versus the Dragons in a 32-points-to-blot win. Sounds like we just got home, snuck home. (laughs) And he sat on the bench here, warm with the bench, with none other than Darren Brown. What do you remember about that game, Brown? Well, look, I don't remember much about any game back back in the day. I might have had a few HIAs in my time, but... Look, all I remember about Blake was he was one tough hombre. You know, he was a wasn't big in stature, but he was big in heart. Played with his heart on his sleeve, and 
Uh, just one of them old school tough footballers that took the ball up hard. Not much skill about him. And his defence was outstanding. He just had this great knack of putting on big shots. Yeah, he was one tough hombre. Well, in the centres that day with Graham Chunky Lyons was Steve Maven. What do you remember about that day? Well, I do remember that day. It was pouring rain. And I remember Phil Blake and Chunky Lyons carved them up. And I remember even better because I've shared that whole game on my YouTube channel. So I'll share that on the episode webpage if you want to go back and relive that day. But I just remember... Chunky Lyons scoring, and he's put his arms out and slid like he was, you know, doing a swan dive on the ground. So I might have to watch. It might refresh my memory. Might a refresh bit. your memory of you and the great Butch. Yeah. Well, he went on to play 23 games first grade between 1989 and 1993. Also played a lot of lower grade games there. Third grade, he played 36 games. Reserve grade, 32. A total of 91 grade games there, boys. So we haven't mentioned, we've got Brad Ryder sitting in with us for this and we feel quite privileged to have our mentor for this segment. And so you provided us with those stats, mate. So what do you what do you do there? You, you keep it on a floppy disk or have you got it written down? Oh, a bit of both. I've got player lists, I've got spreadsheet of all the statistics. So when you come into my office, some, I'll show you how I work. Basically, yeah. And one particular game, which is... Close to the hearts of the Rabbitohs Radio podcast. Butch played in that round one game, 1992, Parramatta Stadium. Happened to be Mavo's last ever game where he had his leg broken by the great Brett Kenny. Yeah, so it's a game that will live in my memory forever and Butch happened to be playing that day. And I always remember the late Cole Berwick told me after the game that he heard my leg crack from the sidelines and he knew straight away it was broken. So yeah, well, it's a game that I want to forget. All I did is ran from dummy half and... Brett Kenny, who had moved to lock at that stage, just tackled me in a... He was a good defender, Brett Kenny. There was nothing nothing in it like foul play or anything, but, yeah, it just broke my leg. And then I tried to come back. I had an operation to scrape the surface of the bone. And in the second half, you tried to come back? <laughs> no, in the second half, no. Okay. Is this our Steve Maven remembering a rubber? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, well, let, well, let's move on. Nah, and, nah. and also, we, in, our, in our research, we saw that Blake Butcher's final game in 1993 was also... Paul Israel's third and final game for South. Izzy made a good mate of the show and, and I think I mentioned it earlier when we spoke to you in your interview Brad that blokes like Izzy can thank you for giving him his first grade player number and I wish I had looked that up I don't actually know it but we'll put that on the episode webpage. That's great and obviously Blake Butcher, his two sons are very successful rugby league players, both South juniors from the South Eastern Seagulls Nat Butcher two grand finals he's won um, Egan Butcher only just debuted the other day. He's the younger one, but he, he looks like he's got a bit of talent. He, he's a good young player, that Nat Butcher, isn't he? I don't yeah. think he's got. I don't think he's got the opportunities he should have. When Victor Radley went down last year, he should have been starting lock. And I know I give Robbo a lot of crap on this show, but I think he replaced him too early last year. Before we move to how good a player Nat Butcher is, he's the one that got away, and we've spoken about it on the show before. There was a real big blow up about this. And it actually severed the ties between... I think it was Angus Crichton. I think it was maybe... No, no, it was Nat Butcher. Yeah, no, because the Roosters stole, I think, Angus Crichton. No, 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 it was Nat Butcher. No, we got got Angus Crichton and then Nick... Yeah, that was later. I'm sure Nick Polita said, go get South's best junior. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, really? We, We grabbed... The reason they grabbed Nat Butcher was in response to us recruiting... 
Should we start that again? Should we start that again? No, no, it's fine. You got it wrong. Leave it on. Brad, do you remember that? How the are you aware of that situation? Because we have spoken to a few people in the junior club. Luke Curry is one of them. That 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 was the the straw that broke the camel's back in the relationships with the the two junior clubs. Yeah, something like that. I don't know the whole story, but uh, I believe that's pretty close to the mark. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Anyway, look, I'd still love to see them two boys come back to the Rabbitohs, back to the fold. Um, they're great young kids. I know their older brother Brock, who many judges said was the best of a lot of them, mm. the toughest, hardest out of all the butchers, and he's a great surfer. And he just tell you what he goes hard. In the South River board riders down there, but there's a lot of good sporting blood in that family, Brown. There is, mate. Uh, not many people would probably know this, but uh, Blake's wife Heidi, a famous name, uh, Husner, around the Maroubra area. He was a two-time Olympian, Dennis Husner, a great Ironman, Australia's number one Ironman back in the day, around the late 60s, early 70s. And, you know, like I just said, a two-time Olympian, so they've got some great sporting blood and this, in their and family. The, and the discipline was the K4-1000. He, he, I think he made the semi-finals there once. He wasn't far off a medal. He won 15 Australian titles, 23 state titles. And his son and daughter, Holly and Kane, they were um, fantastic Iron Man and Iron Woman, respectively. Especially Kane. Kane was a gun. He was, he was a in the gun. top two or three every single week. When Iron Man was at its peak yeah. in the early 90s. The Trevor Hendys, Phil Clayton. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, great great family. Uh, still great mates with Butch till today, aren't we We all? Yep. He still gets around the traps, uh, loves the beer, and uh, he's a good man, Butch. And, uh, you know, even though his boys play for the Roosters, we still support them all the way. And what about Dad Billy when he used to do the paper trucks down at the Herald? Yeah, he still does, Billy. Mm. Still working till today and still got his truck, does a little bit of work. And, you know, the great family. I actually lived with the Butcher family for quite some time. We were young blokes coming through the grades and they took me under their wing, under their roof. Great, great family. Great sporting family. Related to the Colons as well. They've got young Coda Colon as a member of our board riders club he I think he finished up about in the top 10 in the Australia at the start of this year in the world qualifying series as those events hit Australia so there's a lot of um, sporting blood in the butcher family boys yeah no definitely good man let's throw to another break here on Rabbitohs radio podcast and don't forget Rabbitohs TV please subscribe NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Now, I was only speaking to Glenn the other day, and in the real estate ranks, especially in the business side of uh, the organisation, they base their figures on a monthly basis. And going back to May, uh, their auction clearance rate, boys, was 83%. So that's a big number of homes selling. So if you're in the process or thinking, of selling your prized asset, your home, your unit around the eastern suburbs. Make sure you give Glenn Farrow and the team a call. Have they got an office at Hamilton Island? We could get one. I'm telling you what, mate, it's expensive up there. Yeah. Blew me away. One joint went for $8.43 million while yeah. I was up there. Yeah. 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 They did expand to Burley, Burley Heads. Yeah. Isn't it? 
They don't have an office there now, but Glenn Farrer still does a lot of work up on the Gold Coast. Did you bump okay. into? Did you bump into our mate Marky Mawson up there? He's a resident at One Rabbitohs Place, I think it is, on the island. Does he live on the island? I mate. didn't see One Rabbitohs Place up there. Yeah, well, he does on the other side. Okay, there I was you. on both sides. Nah, he does. Well, I had the golf buggy. We might have to get him on the show. He's going to be great, Mark Mawson. If you don't know, well, why don't you put him on? I could have went and had a beer with him. There you go. Talk Rabbitohs. Now, Cleary, chaps, he got a warm reception at Leichhardt? That's right. Coach Ivan Cleary, who was the former coach at the West Tigers, who, who had the phrase, let's get on the bus and that, and get behind us, and then he turned around and left them for dead. But, um, look, he's done a great job, Ivan Cleary, this year. But I'll tell you what, it would he would have had a tough night over there at Leichhardt in front of a rampant um, crowd over there. They'll go and berserk when they give it to Panthers. 26 points to 6, and there are no undefeated teams left in the NRL coming into around 14, boys. Well, he had it coming, Cleary, didn't he? The fans at Leichhardt have still got a sour taste in their mouth from the way it all went down, mm. and now rubbing salt into their wounds is the success of the Panthers. So, yes, it would have been quite satisfying to witness that drubbing that they gave them, the understrength team. Yeah, they couldn't have got them at a better time. Yeah, so talking about a better time, when we did street talk the other day our question was who is going to win Origin 1 and why chaps you want to kick us off welcome back again by the way we missed you oh gee thanks guys yeah. um, well I'm still dirty that they've taken the state of Origin to Townsville I was talking to a couple of blokes at Early Beach Markets yesterday and they were gloating about oh yeah we deserve it and I said why do you deserve it <laughs> oh well you know we're Queenslanders and we are Origin and one bloke was telling me he's a Cowboys fan he drives 800 kilometres to go to the game each week. <laughs> they are mad yeah, Cowboys yeah. fans up there but well, anyway that, that's yeah, well, this is one of the reasons that we we have lost so many series because they are special so passionate and that Queensland spirit but like you said chaps they drive from everywhere to get to Townsville and that's the reason they took it to Townsville because they knew they would pack it out they needed a packed stadium to make money on Origin that's fine but where's game two Brownie Suncorp well, yeah, that hasn't happened, I think, that's since That's why 90- this first game is going to have to be very crucial. Yeah, we've got to win the first game. We've and- got to win this first one, and, and I think it can be done. We, we, I mean, I've got a star-studded back line, but we all know Origins aren't one out in the backs. It's in mm. the forwards. We've got to get over the top of this um, Maroons pack, and it's not a bad pack they've put together. My word. Pretty aggressive, pretty strong. Yep. we led by our, our man who's in great form, Joy Arrow. Mm. I think he'll play a big part in, in that contest. Tino Fasamawali, the Gold Coast player, who's in great form. Jaden Sewell has got a point to prove. Well, he, he's a first, like they said on the top four podcast, he'd be the first uh, like pick from origin from reserve grade mm. or in representative duty since probably well, Erwin Waters or George Piggins in the 70s. Mm. It's and a bit just, of throwback, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And Oh, awesome Philippina, sorry. Yes. Pick for the Kiwis. And Christian Inu was picked from reserve grade at Parramatta. From reserve grade. The Kiwis. But. Yeah. And our other very own Dane Gagai. Who's in great form for the Queenslanders? Mm. Yeah, we we got a we got a certainly got a task on our hands there. But um, so just to touch on what you said with the backline, sensational backline. If we can play them out wide, Tommy mm. Turbo, Latrell Mitchell, and the halves, Jerome Luai on debut at Origin, and well, Toto, that beast out on the wing, mm. we should win the game. But like the great Rago said when we asked him this question, he's a little bit worried about what they've done in the forwards with us. He'd yeah, prefer playing. to see Cameron playing lock. 
And Tarek Sims, maybe there's a question mark, even though he has been performing well for the Dragons. So it is a salivating clash. I can't wait. And it is, and I can understand a lot of people are hesitant. You can't be that confident in the Blues mm. because they've broken our hearts so many bloody times. Yeah, I'm just uh, very concerned with one selection, and that's Jake Trebojevic in the front row. Mm. I, think, I was going to say, I'm happy with Daniel Saifidi. I thought he did a yeah. good job last week. He'll Jake, be good. Jake is not the type of player that's going to get you big meters in terms of yardage. He's a bit of a ball player. He likes mm. the ball in his hands, playing out the back. You know, a few little hit-ups, but he hasn't got that power game that you're going to have to be coming off your line and, and making, you know, 10 post-contact metres as well is what you need in origin to get him on the back foot. And I'm a little bit concerned with that. I think Freddie might drop him back to the, the reserve bench I was going to say, do you think start this, that, that team named, starting team name will run out? I don't even know if Cam Murray will start. Will they bring on Liam Martin to start in the edge back row? Will oh. Cam Murray's more of a lock, or, or are we going to bring Isaiah Yo over on the edge and put Cam at lock? Or We've got a few options there. Well, Payne Hass hasn't played in a few weeks. He could start in the front row as well. He's a meters man. And that's a concern that we had going into the selection process, is we had a lot of 13s, and we didn't have many of them edge back rowers like we spoke about, Mavo. A bit like in the back line. we got an embarrassment of riches at the full-back position, not yep. a lot of centres. Not a lot of centres. So you've had mm. to play the best fullbacks in the centres and you've had to play the best 13s on the edge. Isaiah Yo is playing 13 but Cameron Murray one of the best 13s in the game he's playing on an edge. Yeah but looking at it you had to have Jake in your team. He stepped up in the past. You had to have Cam Murray in your team somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, a bloke like Tariq Sims has done the job before. Um, Junior Polo was good last year. Jack Whiten had to be in there. They just had to look you just pick your best players and we'll work it out in the night what we're yeah. going to do. The reason we are concerned about Queensland is they've got a guy starting at hooker who could be one of the next greats, Harry Grant, and the 5'8", Cameron Munster. So they broke our hearts in Game 3 last year, if you remember. Well, them two won them the series. Harry Grant came on, and the game was in the balance. Wasn't many line breaks. He came on, made a line break, and then set up a try and then scored one himself. And, well, Cameron Munster, he came off a a two-week bender mm. to go into origin camp. They they were ringing him to come for the medical. He wasn't even at the medical and got man of the series. What a player. And, and yeah. that's why I was going to say to you, is are you worried about their injury concerns coming in, Munster and Harry Grant, or are they just that good then blokes that don't worry about it? Mm. Well, Ponga's out, so that's something good for us. And you've got to look at our quality. We've got Teddy at the back. And we need Damien Cook to have a big game. That could be the X factor, Cookie, for us. Well, I think he will on the back of uh, some good go forward like we just spoke about. So I really hope that Freddie starts with Payne Hass and Daniel Saifidi, uh, just so we've got some big boppers up front. So that will entice Cookie to run. And when the sting's out of it, bringing Junior Paul over that middle third yeah, of the game. and good ball player yeah, too. Good ball player, yeah. I reckon New South Wales by... Less than six. Yeah, they're always close encounters, chaps. There's never really many points in it. And I'm going to tip New South Wales as well in a close one by four points. I think our class lineup will win. We've got a good record in some game ones recently. I think we'll win by about 14. We're going to put a score on this mob up there and then go to a big battle in game two. I think our halves will be too classy. Boys, before we move on, who out of all these eight South players selected, and I know two of them are extended benches, who are you looking forward to seeing running out there the most? 
Oh, for me, chaps, it's Latrell Mitchell. I think it's well-deserved in his selection, even though he's playing out of position. He's played a lot of centre over the last five years. Well, he's won two grand finals at the position. And and single-handedly won the Roosters two two grand finals on his own. Mm. Um, So, yeah, look, I'm really looking forward to Latrell being back in the Origin Arena. He's focused. He's a different player. He's got a different personality it now. It could be the difference, Brownie. I think he will be, mate. What about you, Mova? I'm going to go over Latrell as well. I love how he plays. I love the progress he's made. And I love what he's done for the Rabbitohs. And I think he will have a point to prove in the Origin Arena. And I think he will. There, there was some concern that coming back from his suspension, he wasn't going to be ready. But he just proved everyone wrong. Oh, he'll be ready. Don't worry about that. And also, what I would love to see is my man Keon Kalamantangi because earlier on in the year we made our bold predictions and mine was that Keon would play Origin and he's on the verge of maybe doing that. Maybe not in game one, but during the series sometime. What a yep. skillful player he is. I mean, even going back to last week when Adam Reynolds double pump put him through a gap down that right-hand side and all within a, he's busted through the hole, broke the tackle and then all in one motion, did a nice little kick through. It didn't come off for us, I think. Just on Keon, I think he was very unlucky not to get selected in the starting lineup as an edge back rower, like we said, we've got a few players playing out of position. He's been a beast not only this year but last year. I think he's come along leaps and bounds, and you know, being called in has been very well deserved. And you're right, Mavo, you did uh, predict that, but I also predicted that Latrell would regain his spot. So we're one all. What was your prediction, chaps? Blake Taft will debut this year. And I think right. that'll happen in a couple of weeks. Oh, but anyway, right. I'm not here to go. <laughs> uh, gloat. Um, you know, I've won last year's one. But just, I'm going to just say the bloke I'm looking forward to seeing is our superstar, Cam Murray, who was injured coming off the bench last year in game one down in Adelaide and it took no part in the series. Mm. I actually think he could be the, the man of the series, boys, at 26-1 to with the, with the TAB at the moment, boys, without giving them a plug at any stage. Well, there's a story today that he's actually said that he's after his injury last year that he let the team down, he, he owes the team. And I asked Johnny Sutton about him yesterday and he said he thinks Cam Murray man of the match. So, Well, for me, Cam doesn't need to prove anything. He's proved himself in this arena. Brownie, 100%. And he's just got to go out there and be Cam Murray. Do what he does. And he's a big chance. And it, doesn't matter if he plays, it doesn't matter if he plays off the bench, start and edge, back row, lock forward. I'm telling you, he's a chance of winning man of the match every time he takes the field, this bloke. He could win man of the match every time he takes the field because he plays with his heart on his sleeve and he gives 110% every game. He's won your heart, hasn't he? Oh, mate, he's, just, <laughs> he's a future immortal. I, I, he texts me, so I still tell Brownie, stop going for me, rubbish bins. But um, <laughs> a, a scare in his missus, Miranda. But um, look, I mean, the difference between his best and his worst game, Cam Murray, is not much because no. you never see him play a bad game. That's 1%. And uh, there's my tip. You know what a bad you know series. what a bad game is for him dropping a ball. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't happen very often. But no. Yeah, no. anyway, let's move on and preview the Knights game five thirty this Saturday at Stadium Australia. Please come out there because we're doing a post game show up in the Pino members deck. Geez, we're busy boys, aren't we? Yeah, it's all happening, and we've come a long way. But now, and a big thanks to the Rabbitohs mm. for giving us the opportunity. Yep, to do all this work for them, and you know uh, we do it for the love, and you know we enjoy doing it. And it's before the Knights play the Eels today at 4pm, so we can't really say how they're going to go, but they are not in the top eight and we are in the top four. So I expect us to win that game and win it well. 
Well, the story of that game today, Knights versus Parramatta, is one of the former guests on our show, Jack Johns, to make his debut for the Knights. He's the first father and son player in Newcastle Knights history, Matthew Johns and Jack Johns, to play today. So what a great honour for Matthew and his son and the well family. Done. Yeah, well done to Jack and wish him all the best up there and sure Matty will be up there watching. That was, that, was a, that was a stat I was surprised to hear that one, but anyway. And it was very interesting to, to hear that. And that was a good chat we had with Jack Johns. And if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and have a listen because he's a great young guy. And you can do that on YouTube as well. Yes. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can go through all our videos. We've got some great content on there. Some of the greatest interviews with the greatest yep. players to play for this mighty club well, include Ron Coote, Bob McCarthy, Craig Coleman, Mario Fennick. The list goes on, boys. Yep, Brad Ryder's favourite player, Ron Coote. Latrell Mitchell. We've had them all, boys. And just before we go, we'll mention the top four. They had Maroon on our man. They poached him off us, but that's all right. We share the talent around here on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. And I've got a mention, chaps. you got a big mention there, mate. Yeah, well, Maroon <laughs> said, you're an absolute superstar coming through as a kid. And I made sure I text you and made sure you listen to that one. He's a big fan of yours, Maroon. He might have got a bit carried away there, but... Anyway, thanks, Maroon. You're a bloody legend. You, you were. You were a dead-set superstar coming through the grades, Mavo, and you lived up to that potential. Thanks, mate. And I actually spoke to Dr. Jimmy Lou Hood yesterday at Redfern Oval, and he's known me since I was a kid when my mum and dad used to have reserve seats at Redfern Oval. And he said, I remember you as a kid sitting there in your reserve seats at Redfern Oval. Then I was here for your debut when you ran around Brandy Alexander and scored two tries on your, uh, at Redfern Oval against the Panthers. So, And I was there that day too. I was standing on Larpa Hill. And I think you pushed off Brad Izzard to score a try. I did indeed. I'll yeah. share that on the episode webpage as well because I love that story, like I said to Jimmy. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so Another mate. great episode from the boys in the top four. It, it was. It was a good laugh right there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Shannon Donato, he's, that said, if he wanted to take up stand-up comedian, he's just the funniest. But I don't know if all them jokes are arranged or... <laughs> Oh, no, I'm hiring a spur of the moment. Like, even mate, Maroon said, he goes, we'll have you on Triple M, but we couldn't afford you. <laughs> <laughs> mate, Shannon, yeah. he's one of the funniest Well, there was a couple of really big yachts up there at um, Hamilton Island. I'm not sure if any of those Shannon. are Shannon's. But could be. Be. <laughs> I Googled one of them. It was worth 10 mil. But And there's reports that he brought a block of units in, could you? Mm. So, so he's gone from he's gone from Woolloomooloo to Vaucluse. Vaucluse. And what how a su- could you? What a success story. The great Shannon Donato, and he's a good friend of the show, and he helps us out here, and he does great work for Rabbitohs in the commercial department. Yeah. So they didn't really miss Hello, did they? Oh, they put a lot of put a lot of shit on our mate Hello, but no, I reckon Hello's fantastic on the show. So he wasn't there to stick up for himself. Nah, they all well, I mean. You don't want to kick a man while he's down, but I think. Oh, they the did. boys do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take us away, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel.